Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. We're going to be joined by David Baker in about 15 minutes. He does a great job, not just as a professional poker player, but many may remember he won the Super Contest back in 2020. Joins me every week to react to everything that we saw in the NFL in week four, and we're going to turn it forward a little bit to week five towards back half of our conversation with him as well. So we're going to be able to gauge where these teams are all at right now be able to make some money in week five, and I'll see if he's got a Monday Night Football play because I myself like the under a little bit more on Monday Night Football, but, man, this line has gotten very, very much very low, and when it comes to this being a relative pick game, I think that it's pretty much on par with that. So we shall see if David has something a little bit different. If you're looking for money in the Monday Night Football game, honestly, guys, to throw a pick, take the yes there. That is my biggest recommendation there. Got a little bit more in terms of the diamond as, it's not very often that on a, on a Monday you've got all 30 teams in play, but as we know, Wednesday is the last day of the MLB regular season. Then we get the postseason with a wild card starting up over the weekend, and it is going to be a very, very good time of baseball the next month or so as I'm anticipating a really good hunt for the championship and a team that is going to be trying to take down a championship. That's the Toronto Blue Jays, and they are the basis of the DK Nation pick for this Monday as we go 969, 970 on the betting board. The Blue Jays, they're going to be hitting the road. They're going to be facing off against the Baltimore Orioles. Dean Kramer is going to be on the bump for Baltimore. And Jose Barrios is on the bump for Toronto. And 
Toronto is anywhere between a minus 132 and minus 135 favorite. Between plus 115 and plus 122 is your number on Baltimore, with eight being the total. Our nine-game, I guess you could call it, unbeaten streak in terms of the DK Nation picks as entered into Sunday 8-0-1. It crashed and burned with the over of the Baltimore Orioles, and I said it in our number one. When it comes to taking a look at your bets, sometimes you make a good bet that doesn't get there. The game that we saw in the first six and a half innings, the teams went one of 17 with men in scoring position, and I think that we're going to get similar opportunities, and I think that they cashed in this time. I'm going to be taking a look at the over with Jose Barrios. He has been, shall we say, really, really bad on the run, and this is not just a 2022 issue with Jose Barrios. If you take a look at him back when he was with the Minnesota Twins, he always struggled on the road and was always relatively solid at home. This year, he's been subpar at home, and he's been really bad on the road. A 675 road ERA for Jose Barrios, giving up 2.2 home runs per nine innings, and opponents getting a 313 off of him. His swing and miss stuff is down this year, and that has led to him being a complete and utter mess. Meanwhile, you take a look on the flip side for Kramer, and he's been able to do a very good job recently. Last time pitching appearances, he's allowed three runs or fewer, but with that said, he also has been a little bit lucky as he's got an ERA that hovers right around 315. His fielding independent is nearly 0.65 points higher as he's been only getting about 6.3, 6.4 strikeouts for nine innings. The command has certainly been there for him, but he's been lucky on the balls in play that he hasn't given up more deep balls. So I do think that that is going to be reverting to form because with the Toronto Blue Jays, you've got five different guys with at least 24 home runs are the only team in the majors that is able to say that as Matt Chapman, George Springer, Teoscar Hernandez, Vladimir Jr. And then you're able to throw in there as well another player in Teoscar Hernandez who have all been able to do so. And then when it comes to all these guys, really other than Matt Chapman, they are all hitting at least a 260. And with Chapman, he still has a 325 on base. We've had Alejandro Kirk do a solid job moving the line whenever Danny Jansen has been out there. He's been hitting about a 260. Remy Altapia has been able to do a solid job for this team as well. So I do think that the Blue Jays are certainly going to be able to supply the boom. And then for the Baltimore Orioles, well, they have been in an almighty funk when it comes to men in scoring position. Dating back to the beginning part of their series against the Yankees and even one game further against the Boston Red Sox, they are two out of their last 34 with men in scoring position. Got to feel like this is going to be going northward a little bit. You got Jose Barrios on the mound, which that is the ultimate get-right spot for an offense that is struggling a little bit. And with the Baltimore Orioles, He's been able to win two of those games in this span, so give a little bit of credit where credit is due, but you do have a lot of guys that you do a nice job of being able to move the line. You've got Cedric Mullins, Gunnar Henderson, Ryan Mountcastle, Austin Hayes, Adelie Rushman, Taryn Vavara, all these guys in between about a 248 to a 261. Ramon Urias is hitting right around a 248 as well, and then Anthony Santander, 320 on base, 33 home runs. It's an Orioles team that you could use a little bit more home run power out of these guys. You do have right around 22 to 23 home runs out of Ryan Mountcastle thus far this season. But we've also seen a little bit of a decline in terms of the Baltimore Orioles bullpen as well. Over the last 30 days, they've ranked 27th in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA, a team that overall for the year has ranked in the top 10 in terms of bullpen ERA. It's been not great for guys like Keegan Aiken and Joey Crebiel. Crebiel, as a matter of fact, is not going to be available for this game because he's been placed on the injured list. And then you've got a trio of guys I really do like in CNL Perez, Felix Batista, and then you're able to throw in there as well someone else in someone else in Dylan Tate. All these guys have been able to supply a sub-3 ERA. But then when you get down to other of these guys, like a Brian Baker, who he had to throw quite a bit in that series against the New York Yankees. 
B.L. Hall has been posting up north of the 6 ERA. That's a trustworthy. And I will say, for the Toronto Blue Jays, they've been able to do a very good job with their bullpen. Anthony Bass is exactly what they needed. They picked him up at the trade deadline. And then you've got the closer in Jordan Romano, Yemi Garcia, Adam Simber, David Phelps, Tim Meza. All these guys are really posting up a sub-3-2 ERA for the team. But I think that the damage is certainly going to be done by Jose Barrios very early on in this game. So I set my total more around an 8.7, even at an 8.5. I'd be willing to dive in on the over in this spot. I think that you're going to get quite a few runs. And with Jose Barrios, I made him pretty much a pick him against Dean Kramer. As long as I was getting a plus price with the Orioles, I was willing to fire in on it. Now with the Orioles, they have been eliminated essentially from postseason competition, but you still have relatively good value in my opinion because when it comes to the Baltimore Orioles, this is a bunch of, they had stunk for many, many years. This is their last homestand in front of the fans. You've got to feel like these guys are still going to be fighting very, very hard because it's a young team looking for momentum going into 2023 and beyond. And I do think that that is something to take a look at through the next few days in Major League Baseball. So we're going to be taking a look at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Baltimore Orioles. I will go on with the picks in about a minute, but I will just take a few seconds to say, when it comes to Major League Baseball, these last few days of the regular season, tread a little bit more lightly and make sure that you know who's all going to be in the lineup as well. Because when it comes to baseball, these final few days of the regular season, you've got a lot of teams that they've got their tee time set for Thursday morning because they are as good as done once Wednesday's games all wrap up. And then when it comes to a lot of teams that are going to be in the playoffs, like the LA Dodgers. I mentioned it with the Toronto Blue Jays. You're able to go down the line. They're going to be trying to give some of these guys a little bit more rest. So, I do want to throw out there that disclaimer with regards to just taking a look at some of the baseball games for this upcoming Monday. And that should be coming to an end once we get the postseason rolling. Because, well, when it's a postseason, it's do or die. So you don't have to worry about this for too much. But you just want to take a little bit more caution over these next few days. So let's take a look at another game involving some AL East teams. 971, 972 on the betting board. It's the Tampa Bay Rays. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Boston Red Sox. As Rich Hill, he is going to be going for the Sox. And you got Tyler Glasnow, who's going to be on the bump for the Rays. Total on this game is eight. Juice a little bit to the over. And with the Tampa Bay Rays, getting them between minus 135 and minus 140, between plus 115 and plus 128 is your number on Boston. And I needed at least a plus 145 to take a shot on Boston. This is a no good, very bad, terrible bullpen. And for Rich Hill, it has been no good, very bad, and terrible at home as he's got north of a 5-3 home ERA. Now, I will say his last start against the Baltimore Orioles, he was actually able to turn somewhat of a gem, but you take a look at these guys in the bullpen, Matt Barnes along with Brian Brazier throwing their Franklin German. These are all guys with north of a 5 ERA. Caleb Ord as well, though he did end up pitching on Sunday, but not been a good bullpen. Ryan Rich Hill, someone who's long in the tooth, He's the oldest active starter in the big leagues at 42 years old. But then you do take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays. And Tyler Glasnow, in his first start of the season at the big league level, he made a couple minor league rehabs since. He pitched three innings against the Cleveland Guardians. He gave up one run. Nothing great, nothing terrible. But you can tell that the Rays are easing him back in. I would be surprised if he goes anything more than four innings. I'm thinking between three and four innings. 50-ish pitches. Maybe he goes like 55 to 60. But... This is someone that is coming off of a very, very long and lengthy surgery. It was his first start on a big league mound last time out a few days ago. 
since June of 2021. This is not going to be a case in which you're going to be getting vintage Tyler Glass. Now, this is pretty much an opener plus. I think that he's going to give you a little bit more than two innings like you typically find from your just run-of-the-mill opener, but I mean, it's really not much more than that. But the good news is with the Tampa Bay Rays, they do a good job of being able to back him up with one of the better bullpens that you're going to find in the big leagues. As Pete Fairbanks, Jason a a Adam, these two guys may be able to supply a sub-2 ERA. You've also got other guys like a Brooks Raley, who's been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Colin Pooch has had a little bit of a tough time recently, so has been able to do a solid job for this bunch. And then on the flip side, for the Boston Red Sox, Rafael Devers has been able to supply 27 home runs, but he got a day off yesterday. You've got to wonder if he's going to play the rest of the season as he has been the main matcher for this team. The only other guy with really north of 15 home runs that is healthy is currently Tommy Pham. You've got a few guys like Alex Verdugo, Christian Arroyo hitting between about a 275 to a 285. They've been able to do a solid job, and the thing that has been holding back the Tampa Bay Rays is a lack of power. Only got two guys on this team that have been able to supply north of 12 home runs. And the guy with 12 home runs, David Peralta, he hit all those while he was there with Arizona. Randy Orozarena, Isaac Paredes, both of these guys have been able to give you 20 home runs. But the reason why I do like this total over is because you do have a race team that they've got guys that are able to move the line. Yandy Diaz, 400 on base. You've had Harold Ramirez hit above a 300. Orozarena, I mentioned before, he, along with... Wander Franco, I've been able to between about 265 to 275. So you do have guys that are able to get on base. Facing off against the worst bullpen in terms of ERA in the big league since the All-Star break in terms of ERA. I think that that's going to bode well for the Tampa Bay Rays. So I do like this total over. I like the Rays to be able to get the job done on the money line. What else I like is being able to react to what we saw in week four of the NFL as David Baker, professional poker player, and the man that won the 2020 Westgate Super Contest, going to be joining me next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Esports Bank Network. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer, 
Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. All season, Bet Rivers is your go to sports book for all football related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and so much more. Every week, Bet Rivers has a unique football special to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and your favorite players with Bet Rivers as it is a whole new game. We are back here in lovely Las Vegas, more specifically the Circa Racing Sportsbook on the Greg Peterson Experience. And joining me now, David Baker. He is an amazing poker player, and on top of that, the 2020 Westgate Super Contest champion. And David, always appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Another uh, fun Sunday sweat of a lot of different football games. So let's get into it. Oh, absolutely. And let's start off with what I thought was really the most entertaining game of the day. That would be the Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. As the Bills, they get down by kind of 20 to 3. They come back and they get the job done. Now, I do think that the difference between the top and bottom teams in the NFL this year, it's about as slim as I can remember because the Buffalo Bills coming into the week, I had them as my number one team in terms of my personal power rankings, but I don't think that they're like a country mile ahead of everyone else. But I think that this really stamped the fact that the Buffalo Bills, they currently are the class of the NFL. And I was just thoroughly impressed by Josh Allen in a game in which he really didn't do a great job in the air, wasn't necessarily too efficient. He still found a way to get the job done, most notably with his legs. Yeah, I mean, uh, all year we've discussed that uh, I think we both have the Bills as the top team in the NFL. Um, I mean, the one thing that you can tell that you know this NFL season is just that it's going to be crazy every Sunday. Uh, This league has really done a good job at creating parity. I think we have an idea of who the the best teams are, and we have an idea of who the teams that we really are not good, but everybody in between. I mean, I think you've got a good 20 to 25 teams on a weekly basis. You just don't really know what you're going to get. Um, but I think I think we can you can bank on the Bills just being good. I mean, they're not going to win every game because they're not they're not you know. It's funny, after week two, people were calling them maybe the 2007 Patriots. This isn't the 2007 Patriots, but this is a darn good team. And they, uh, you know, they beat Baltimore on the road. You know, the offense wasn't as good as it it can be. Um, Surprising, because the Baltimore defense is pretty poor. So, Um, but they got the job done when they needed to. I thought the funniest part about this game was just the, the after, the aftermath of, all the old crusty guys in the studio just talking about analytics and having no idea what analytics are um, saying, well, he didn't analytics didn't get the best of him this time, or he didn't get the best of analytics or it didn't work out. I don't think they fully understand the idea that, that just because you make the right decision doesn't mean it's going to work out every time. And just because you make the wrong decision doesn't mean that it's going to never work out. And I really, I, I thought Jim Harbaugh did a good job today. Uh, or John Harbaugh, sorry. Um, I thought he did a good job. I, I like them going for it on fourth down, personally. Um, I think if you just kick the field goal there, you're going to give the Bills the ball at the 25-yard line. They're a strong favorite to make a field goal and have a great chance to get the touchdown and 
from the two yard line, most of the time, if you don't make it, you're going to pin them back at the two and give yourself a good chance to get the ball back anyway and have a chance to kick the field goal. Um, so I was plenty fine with the Baltimore decision there. And um, yeah, just a, just a good win by the Bills. Yep. And I totally agree with you there. You playing poker, you know all too well when you put your chips in the middle, you've got the best of it. Sometimes you wind up having like pocket aces get broken by two seven. It's just something that ends up happening. I personally took like the over in the Yankees versus the Baltimore Orioles game in terms of baseball, 19 men get stranded on base and it comes up snake eyes. You just have those things that happen. Sometimes you make the right play. You make the right bet. List goes on and on. And sometimes you don't get the results that typically you do variance. It is very, very big. And then you talk about the Ravens going for it on fourth down. We saw something very similar in terms of the Browns versus the Atlanta Falcons game. One that I thought was very, very strange as the Falcons won with Marcus Mariota going 7 of 19 with an interception. Can't say that I necessarily upgraded the Falcons with this win, but how did you view this game? Because with the Cleveland Browns, I felt like they put themselves in a good position to win. I liked what I saw to Nick Chubb aside from the very, very late run where he was not able to get the touchdown on that one as he was denied at the two-yard line. But all in all, I thought that this was a little bit of a strange game, and I had a tough time really upgrading the victor in this one. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've been on the Browns. I actually this week before um, before Thursday, I I took out a little futures action on the Browns to win that division at three and a half to one. I thought they would win this week against Atlanta, and I thought Baltimore would probably lose uh, to Buffalo, which did happen. But the Browns let me down, so um, I still think this Browns team is good. But you know, when you when you're in the NFL, like the difference between winning and losing with these these teams, like even if it's the 10th or 12th best team up against the 20th, is is not that much. And and the Browns and the Falcons are a lot closer than that. Um, and yeah, I was a little I was a little um, surprised that the defense couldn't couldn't make the the, the final stops against Atlanta there. So um, I still th- I still have high hopes for the for the Browns though. I think the Browns are a pretty quality team. Getting Miles Garrett, losing Miles Garrett for this game hurt a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not in camp Atlanta. That's for sure. Uh, they get a test next week against Tampa, so I'll probably be looking to fade them. Uh, I, I don't think Atlanta's ready to make that that jump, but you know sometimes the game. Games just work out that way, and Atlanta didn't really impress me, and somehow they just continued to keep it a one-score game and then finish it off. And with the Falcons, I felt like about a week or two ago, they could be a team that's similar to the Detroit Lions, a very pesky team, a team that fights incredibly hard, but they just are unable to close out games to their credit. They've now been able to win two games, and I think that a different team that might be getting that moniker is the Houston Texans. They do fall to the... LA Chargers and for the Chargers credit where credit is due. We were all doubting them throughout the week. They were able to get the cover. They you saw Justin Herbert look very good in this game, posting up 340 yards and two touchdowns. But with the Houston Texans, every time I watch this team, I'm convinced that this is not going to be a team that's going to be winning a whole lot of games. But every time I see them, I see good effort. I see signs of brightness. And I think that this is a team that when they're getting a bunch of points, like they're going to be a touchdown underdog against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that you could actually feel good about taking them on the spread. Probably would not be advising any money line picks on them until we actually see them get the job done. But I feel like this is a Texans team that's offering a little bit of value as an underdog because week in and week out, their effort is very good. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's some talent there, but I, I don't really think the Texans are that good a team. I mean, but they do, they do, they are very similar to the Lions in respect of they don't, they don't quit. Um, it really felt like the Chargers had that game well in hand, and the next thing you know is a one-score game. So, um, I think people wanted to just, they wanted the the Chargers to just be too hurt, hurt for this game. But if you really looked at the practice reports. Uh, Justin Herbert practiced every day last week in full, or not every day, but the last several days, the ones that mattered. He practiced in full. I was pretty sure we were going to get a full Justin Herbert effort today, and um, he didn't disappoint. Um, Eckler's, Eckler's back. They're going to get Keenan back. Um, obviously, Bose is out for a while, and and they lost Sewell for a while. Sewell? Yeah, they lost uh, Sewell on, not Sewell, the um, there are other off the offensive linemen they drafted last year. Sorry, it's been a long, long okay. day. Name name escapes me right now. But um, so obviously the offensive line has some issues. But I think the Chargers, the Chargers, they needed this win, and I think they're going to be fine. Um, I, I'm gonna, I think they're going to ramp up, and they'll be back to where we thought they'd be preseason. Yep, and I do think that that's big for the LA Chargers because I mean one of the biggest storylines that we've seen this season, the AFC West that we all hyped up as being the best division in football entering into the campaign, just has not lived up to the billing. The Rams, they were able to get it done against the Denver Broncos, but I mean, I think that you'd be in agreement with me. This Broncos team is just so poorly coached with the Chargers. I do think that they're going to be able to get back to full form, but I would like to see just a little bit more of them in general because they are banged up. And overall this season, if you're looking at biggest disappointments, the entire division of the AFC West is right now towards the top of my list. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think everybody expected three teams to make it out of that that division uh, and that they were going to beat up on each other. But that's not really what's happening. I mean, other teams are beating up on them. So I, I agree with you. The Broncos are a major disappointment. Um, I wasn't high on them coming in on the air, but they've just every week. I just think like their their coaching situation should be able to be easily fixed in game. I mean, they're, it, it's not really that tough. Um the mistakes he's making. And so I'm not really sure if they're going to get that, that sorted out or not. The chiefs were very impressive tonight. So um, I think, I think the division could round into shape. Okay. But yeah, the bottom two teams, the Raiders and the Broncos have a lot of holes right now that I didn't think we'd be seeing week four. Yeah, no question about it. When I take a look at both the coaches in that game and Raiders versus Broncos, I sort of think of the Spider-Man gif where they're pointing at each other. I just think of that in terms of mediocre coaches in terms of what we saw in that game. So that was not too terrific. But one thing that we have yet to hit upon is the team that is the only unbeaten in, a, in the NFL. That would be the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll be talking about that with David Baker next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Compete for cash and a grand prize trip to right here where I sit, lovely Las Vegas, with the Modelo Fight to the Top series. Enter nine free fantasy football contests and rise to the top of the leaderboard to claim your, your share of $5,000 in weekly cash prizes and the grand prize trip to right here, lovely Vegas. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Modelo NFL now to get in on the action. Modelo. 
the official beer of fans with a fighting spirit. 21 years or older, germs and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply to DraftKings.com for details. As always, please do drink responsibly. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by David Baker, the 2020 Westgate Super Contest winner and a man that does a great job making a living playing some poker. And David mentioned it just coming into the break in that we have the Philadelphia Eagles currently as that lone undefeated team. And with the Philadelphia Eagles, I like the way that they responded to adversity. Things did not go their way in the first quarter of that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, one that we knew was going to have a lot of, shall we say, extra in there because it was Doug Peterson making his first trip back to Philadelphia. And I think that they overcame this test very, very well. And I've been impressed by the Philadelphia Eagles with every week. And this is just another feather in their cap. And I just continue to be more and more impressed by them by the week. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles, um, you know, I think this is our, our fifth week together doing this. And yep. uh, and we've continued to praise the Eagles from preseason through week one, two, three, four. They're the, they're the one team who hasn't taken a week off. And, uh, you know, they're built for success, you know, like we've talked about every week. They have the line play. The quarterback is, uh, you know, as smart as there is out there right now. He's not really making – I mean, he made a mistake early in the uh, game, but rallied his team. They're, they seem to be pretty well coached. They seem to fight hard. They play good. Um, yeah, I mean, the one thing that you can say about the Eagles, though, is that division is a lot stronger than we thought. Um, I'm not ready to write off the Cowboys. Um, I think we everybody was ready to write them off week one, but they've rallied with uh, Cooper Rush. They've managed to tread water. And they got Michael Gallup back this week, and now they're going to get Dak back, I think, next week. Um, and it really feels like the Cowboys are are they're going to contend for playoff spot this year and kind of force the Eagles to not put it in uh, cruise control. Uh, we really thought, I think we thought that the Eagles may have the talent to just kind of cruise this thing out and because the division was so weak, but I don't think Dallas is going to go away at this point. Their defense looks really strong. Um, CD's really stepping into that alpha role that we thought that he would. Uh, they're starting to get Tony Pollard more touches. Now that you got, uh, you know, Gallup back, and uh, it looks like Schultz avoided the major injury that it looked like he might have had a couple weeks ago. Dak's going to be back. They said seven weeks, and I think he's coming back next week. So um, the Eagles have some competition there. Uh, the Giants are pretty banged up. Their three and one record's a little fraudulent, so I don't think they'll hang in there. But this is going to be a two-team race. But uh, the Eagles definitely look like the class of the NFL right now, um, or at least the NFC. So, yeah, not, nothing's really changed on the Eagles front. I did come out of the game pretty impressed by the Jaguars, though. Um, I'm not really. I haven't really been quick to jump on their bandwagon, but. You know, they shut out the Colts, they whooped the, the Chargers, and they hung in there against the Eagles. Um, you know, despite being down 15, I think that was a close game for most of the game. So, um, yeah, I, I came out of this game pretty impressed by both teams, actually. Yep, I do agree with you on that front, Trevor Lawrence. Certainly not the same game that he had while he was facing off against the Chargers two weeks ago, but certainly he was able to do a nice job in this game as well tossing for a pair of touchdowns. And I do think that the Jaguars have some thing to build around as Doug Peterson is doing a solid job. But I'm so glad that you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys as well, because this is exactly why I'm glad that I am a game to game better rather than more of a futures player, because 
when Dak Prescott went down, I, much like everyone else, thought that the overall landscape for the Dallas Cowboys, it was pretty much shot in the foot, and there was no coming back from it. But it's a little bit of value in them. Getting a touchdown against the Cincinnati Bengals, saw a little bit of value on them on Monday Night Football. And then I said, you know what, Carson Wentz, he should not be within a field goal of this team. So I took them once again. And with the Dallas Cowboys, they've now run off three straight wins immediately after that Dak Prescott injury. I didn't think that they'd be at 3-1, and one, but I feel like in every one of these spots, they haven't necessarily been the world's worst for them. And when it comes to Cooper Rush, he's a solid replacement. And I hope that the Cowboys don't rush along Dak Prescott because even though the rubber's really going to meet the road this next week against the LA Rams, Rush is proving that he's not just a competent replacement, but perhaps if someone's looking for a quarterback in the offseason, he might be a guy that can fill that role. Yeah, I mean he's he's competent, but I, I mean I I think he is what he is. He's a backup quarterback, and and yeah, he came in and you know, lucky for them, they had you know a Giants team that was kind of banged up, and they really matched up well versus versus uh, the Commanders. That this this was my my top play of the week was the Cowboys. Just just the matchup. If you have a good front seven versus Washington, they're gonna have trouble holding you out, and I think getting pressure on Wentz, that's just the key. I mean, if he has time to sit back there, he can throw a good ball, but he gets rattled and he makes poor decisions. So I think this Dallas defense really matched up well versus them. Um, so, yeah, we'll see going forward. But for this team to do anything, it needs stack. I mean, it's it's basically like, you know, I'm not going to put them on the same level, but, you know, you looked at the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago and it was Alex Smith took them to the playoffs or they were close. And same thing with the Niners this year with or last year with Garoppolo. You have these quarterbacks that can kind of place hold for a little while, but when you have a guy who's, you know, can be elite, you, you have to, like, that's what you need to get to the top. And, you know, is Dak elite? You know, not yet, but he's shown signs of it. Um, usually it's his health that kind of restricts him a little bit. So, you know, let's see what happens when Dak gets back in there. I, I think they definitely need to get him back in. They've they've been the beneficiary of teams that aren't going to really force them to get into shootouts. You know, Washington and the Giants, neither of those teams can really score in the level of Dallas. Um, so, Cooper did what he needed to do, but it's time to get back in the real guy. And to your point, two weeks from now, after they play against the Rams in week five, week six, on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. So that is going to be a tough task. And then a week in the week after that, so week seven, they're going to be playing against the Detroit Lions. And that was a very fascinating game. And that with the Seattle Seahawks, he put up 48 points in this game, and dare I say that Geno Smith is actually looking like a halfway decent quarterback right now with the Lions. It's a case where it's an offense I think that you could actually trust in right now. Jared Goff, I always feel like people were just a little bit too out on him a little bit too soon. He's certainly not like a great NFL quarterback. He made it to a Super Bowl, though, and that should count for something. Meanwhile, with the Seattle Seahawks, I sort of look at them as a bit of a poor man's Lions in that you've got two teams right now that if you're looking at overs because you've seen a lot of unders this season, these are teams in which you might be able to take the over on because with the Seahawks, very good offense, not much defense with the Lions, especially when they get DeAndre Swift back in the fold. They're doing a great job of moving the ball. They're not doing a good job on defense. Yeah, I'm not even sure what I watched in that game. Um, <laughs> you know, we've watched this Seattle team for years just pound the rock, have these weapons, you know, 
protect Russ and just just hand it off a lot and um, to Chris Carson and then and Penny and just kind of try to sit on the ball. And then all of a sudden this week they just decide to you know air raid it. I'm not really sure what happened. Um, and Detroit, you know, they lost all their skill position players and yet they moved the ball up and down the field. So it's a pretty impressive game by both offenses. Or you could just say a completely piss poor game by both defenses. Um, I, I've never been in the golf hate camp. I, I actually really liked golf. I tried to um, make wagers on on golf versus Wentz when Wentz was flying high with the Eagles. I, I thought that golf was a better quarterback when everybody was saying Wentz. And um, I think golf is fine. I don't. I don't. He's not going to be elite, but. I mean, he could he could be a Kirk Cousins type or something like that, and and be a decent quarterback. So, I mean, this Lions offense is moving in the right direction. I think Goff is fine. They seem to have figured it out, but yeah, I'm not really sure what they're doing on defense because they're atrocious. I mean, yes, Seattle has looked okay, but I mean, they did nothing against the Niners a few weeks ago. They they scored a couple. They scored a little bit against the Broncos when they won, and I mean they really didn't do that much against the Falcons. I mean they scored a few times, but this was kind of out of character for them. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna kind of take this as a one-off and not necessarily just run to the window to fire the overs on on Seattle. Now Detroit's definitely has been an over team, so um, Detroit I think you have a little more confidence. Um, in hitting overs, but I'm not sure Seattle's quite at that level yet. Shall be very interesting to gauge the Seattle Seahawks team because feels like they've been a little bit over the place. They had that bad showing against the San Francisco 49ers, but as we know, that 49ers defense, it is relatively solid. And if you're looking for a little bit more pro football content in your life, the Pro Football Betting Podcast offered here at VEASAN. It's out every week with Danny Burke, Monday and many other times throughout the week. All of the VEASAN I guess you'd call a top analyst. They join him throughout the week. And coming up next, David is going to join me to take a look at some week five lines here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The temperature might be cooling off, but fall sports are heating up on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go-to sportsbook for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts for pro football, college football, basketball, hockey, and so much more. It is the perfect time to join Bet Rivers because new bettors will receive up to $500 in free bets when you make a first-time deposit using the code SPORTS. Go to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by David Baker, the 2020 Westgate Super Contest champion, and a man that is a professional poker player as well. And we are taking a look at these lines right now, David, and I feel like we're in agreement. We've got some relatively interesting spots, and the one that really caught my eye, just taking a look at it, maybe it's because of myself being from the great state of Wisconsin, but the game that is going to be going down in London between the Giants and the Packers and the Packers being between a 7.5 to an 8-point favorite. I am on record of saying that the Giants being 3-1, and one, that is a little bit of fool's gold, but I think that the bookmakers are making it out to be even more fool's gold than what it is because I take a look at the Packers and I just don't know if they have the offense to be able to cover north of a touchdown number. 
the defense. I have been very impressed by it with the Green Bay Packers, but frankly enough, I just have not been impressed by this Packers offense. Getting north of a touchdown with the Giants feels like a good spot to me. I don't know if you disagree, but I think that this line has gone a little bit too far now that you've got the hook on seven. Yeah, um, I was on the Patriots today, just simply uh, a fade of of the Packers offense. Um, you know, when you have the when you have more than a touchdown spread, I want a team that I feel confident is going to, you know, get get in scoring position five, six, seven times a game. And I don't really feel confident that the Packers can do that. Um, you know, I know this defense has been hailed as being very good, but David Montgomery ran through them. Um, the Patriots, Damian Harris ran the ball very effectively today with no quarterback, with no threats of, of going deep. The Patriots ran the ball well. Um, the problem is the, the Giants offensive line is not very good, so I'm not really sure uh, if Barkley is going to be able to control the ball. Um, but the thing that I don't like about the Packers, I mean, you're looking at a 41-point total and a 7.5-point spread. So um, where points are a premium, I'm not really keen on laying more than a touchdown. So I'm probably in on uh, your side on this one, although I haven't made a definitive decision. Yep, I agree with you there. I do think that this is just a number that with having this north of a touchdown, it's went a little bit too far. And I know that this one caught your eye when we were talking a little bit off air. The Cowboys and the Rams. Rams, they open up in a lot of spots on lookheads right around a seven-point favorite. Now we're finding them as a six-point favorite, total of about 45 and a half. I think that this is a proper move. And if anything in this spot as well, I take a look at this total of 45 and a half and I like the under. The Dallas Cowboys have really stepped up on defense without Dak Prescott. That really powered them to victory against the Washington Commanders. As we know, Cooper Rush, he's doing a competent job, but at the same time, he's not quite Dak Prescott. And if I'm taking a look at anything in this spot, I'm taking a look at the under on 45 and a half. Yeah, I'm not sure on the total, but I, I'm, I'm going to, my initial lean would be Cowboys in this one, and I probably wouldn't mind getting it now. Um I do think that the Rams offense is going to struggle tomorrow uh, at San Francisco. They've traditionally struggled against that defense despite beating them to get to the Super Bowl last year. Wasn't really all that convincing. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see the Rams go down tomorrow night, not score a whole lot. Um, then you get going to probably get the news midweek that Dak's going to be back. I could see this line getting closer to four, four and a half than uh, six. So. I wouldn't mind taking a little Cowboys action right now, honestly. I do think that it'll be fascinating to watch if he is slash is not in the fold in terms of Dak Prescott, because I do think that that's one of the biggest headlines to look at in terms of this weekend. We are seeing a few lines that have gotten up very, very lofty. You're seeing a two touchdown line in terms of the Steelers and the Buffalo Bills, obviously the Bills being favored there. But if there is one favorite that as I take a look at it right now, I'd be willing to lay it with that'd be the Vikings and the Bears. Bears are a touchdown underdog against the Minnesota Vikings. Another putrid performance from Justin Lawrence. It's a Bears team that, just in general, they traded away so many pieces like Khalil Mack and company. This is clearly a rebuilding year for them. They have surrounded Justin Fields with absolutely nothing whatsoever, and I'm not even sold on Justin Fields as well. Meanwhile, for the Minnesota Vikings, it wasn't the prettiest thing in the world, but they got the job done against the New Orleans Saints, and I do think that coming back home, they should be able to win this game by more than a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the Vikings team. They, again, were not impressive um, 
So I don't know. I'm not sure if I need to rethink my priors on the Vikings or not because they, they have not been impressive. But at the end of the day, you're 3-1 and one in the NFL, and you got a home game versus a bottom three team. So they have a good chance to get to 4-1. and one. So um, the only issue that I have is I, I want to go back and do some research on how teams have done coming out of um, off the game in London. I know it used to be where they had a bye after the London game, but I think the last year to two years, that is not necessarily the case. And the Vikings and the Saints don't have a bye. So I'm not really sure what the travel does um, to a body there. So, and it was a tough physical game. So that would be my only concern there laying, laying a lot, but the home field advantage in Minnesota is pretty strong. And the Bears are pretty poor. So, yeah, I would probably lean that side um, of that game. And similarly, you know, we have the Seahawks going to the Saints. Saints have the same situation coming off of, uh, you know, jet lag, coming back from London, and then have to go home and play uh, probably a pretty confident Seahawks team at this point. But you know, that line open, that line's at four right now. Um, I would probably lean towards taking the points. These teams really don't seem that much different to me. So um, obviously we have to see Jameis and Kamara and Thomas's health because, you know, those weapons enable you to do a little bit more. But Seattle in a dome the week before and uh, Detroit seemed to like that surrounding. So maybe they'll have the same success in New Orleans. I do think that, if I'm taking a look at fading one of those two teams from London, I am in agreement with you. It would be the Saints. I just did not like what I saw from them in London. And, I mean, Andy Dalton, he's an okay quarterback. But if you need him back in, out there for another week instead of James Winston, that's going to be a little bit of an issue, in my opinion. And then when it comes to this game, the Texans and the Jaguars, we've got a pair of teams that, well, we didn't expect a lot out of them. The Jaguars have been able to get wins and even in losing efforts, I've been a bit, bit impressed by the Houston Texans. Them getting the touchdown, I'd be willing to take a look at the Texans driving seven, though I do think that the Jaguars win this game outright. I'm not sure if you're a little bit more bullish or not on the Jaguars, but I think that this might be just, in general, a little bit too much hate for the Houston Texans rather than maybe a little bit too much love for the Jags in this instance. Yeah, I mean, we agree on a lot of things, but... Um... I think the Texans are pretty poor, and I think the Jags, the Jags uh, defense is pretty strong. They're they're pretty built up front. Um, they completely shut down the Colts, which obviously have been a massive disappointment. Um, and they played really well against Philly for the first half. Um, so I don't know. I think the Jags defense is pretty good, and Davis Mills is pretty mistake prone. So. I don't know. I, I would be a little hesitant on that number. Obviously, though, you know, we don't really like laying touchdowns with mediocre teams. So I'm not sure that I really like Jacksonville either in that spot. I, feels like a stay away early, but, you know, it's Sunday night and I haven't slept since, you know, 5 a.m. when I woke up for the London game. So I, I really all my thoughts aren't 100 percent composed at this point. We have a whole week to shake out that game, but um yeah, I'm excited for another. This week is a pretty interesting week. You have a lot of teams that uh, we're not really sure are they good or not uh, playing each other. Um, you know, the Browns and the Chargers is a game that I'll be really interested in. These are two teams that I kind of like. Um, 
So I'll kind of see how that, I'll be interested to see how that one plays out. I'm not really sure where I lean early, but I know I'm excited about that game. Uh, Bengals Ravens, another game that, that I, I like both teams. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some good games where we might have some better things to talk about next week. Some more definitive shakedowns as the league starts to separate a little bit. I agree with you. I think that we've got a lot of teams of which the jury is still out on, but the jury is in on this. You're a hardworking man, David. You do an absolutely tremendous job. Every week you join me, go get some rest, my friend, because I know you've been up since the crack of dawn, taking a look at that London game. Always appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. David Baker, the 2020 Westgate Super Contest champion, joins me every week here on the Greg Peterson Experience. And here on the show as well, we give you a pro tip every hour. You're able to get them via being a pro subscriber, visa.com slash subscribe for all of them. You're able to sort them by sport and by show. And our pro tip for this hour, when it comes to the NFL, try taking a look at early lines, I would say prior to Thursday, because you can oftentimes get the best value from the line taking a look at the NFL early on during the week. In the next segment here on the Greg Peterson Experience, we're going to hit upon a little bit of baseball for this Monday here on VEASAN Esports Betting Network. Get ready for betting hockey this season with VEASAN's new NHL betting guide. With in-depth previews of every team, Stanley Cup playoff predictions, point projections, best bets for award markets, and much more, it is a must-have for every NHL better. Head to every NHL better. Head to every NHL better. Head to every NHL Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.